Welcome to the TPM Podcast. That's, that was really enthusiastic. That was different, right? That was different. I was, yeah, was kind of going that. for something different. Yeah. I'm, I'm done ripping off Dex Shepard. And that's the answer to the quiz the <laughs> other week. Uh, it was Armchair Expert. And I'll tell you what, uh, we did have a winner. So if you were thinking, oh, no, these guys aren't real enough to actually give out a prize. Well, actually, I haven't given out a prize yet. But one person who listens knew the answer. So... Wow, our only listener. No, no. I think we're past the point of making that joke. I think we have a couple listeners out there. Uh, Yeah, it is. I'm a fan of running my own jokes into the ground. (laughs) So uh, you hear two voices on the podcast. Um, You're Andre Nelson and myself. Last time there was a podcast, Matt Almquist was here, and he was harping on me for ripping the rest of the group. He's like, hey, you know, we do do work here, but... Here we are again. Here we are again. Here we are (laughs) At the real Matt Almquist. And I tell you what, it's not because we uh, are in cahoots and said, oh, let's quick secretly record a podcast on our own so oh, that no. we can. No, no. There was supposed to be somebody in this chair. He who shall not be named. Yeah. 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 At Brad Freegust. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> uh, so, Andre, what are we going to talk about today? So, so, well, as it happens when it's Zach and myself, we. Uh, we call this art hour because we are the self-appointed art experts of TPM. And, and I think that, and I think that's appropriate and I enjoy that. And I'm glad we have get to have this time. So when we found it was just going to be the two of us, we said, okay, what is the, what's, what's on the top of the heap when it comes to art? And, and, and apparently the top of the heap is, the idea of elitism in art, actually. That was something that came to mind for both of us pretty quickly. Yeah, so a little bit of backstory. I recently watched a movie with my lovely wife. I watched The Greatest Showman, and I freaking loved it. I loved it way more than I should have. Like, I, I like musicals. I don't love musicals, generally. Um, I loved this movie beginning to end man it had me the music had me it was kind of kitschy he's like hook line and sinker here. i 13 man, year old girl i was like from the beginning like first <laughs> opening song and that that's the thing like you knew in this movie were you yeah were you like what were you expecting did you go in kind of blind kind of blind like i didn't really read about oh. it like and I, I i am way behind on this movie it just hopped on to disney plus pretty recently and I was like, ah, great. I don't have to pay for it. Um, but like right away from the beginning, if you don't like musicals, you know immediately that it is not the movie for you. But uh, I happened to enjoy it a ton. I thought it was great. Um, and it kind of carries this topic in it about art in the world of elitism. Um, so kind of kind of the backstory. It's about the guy who started the circus as as you think of the stereotypical circus that's in your head with the trapeze and the juggling and the elephants and all that pt barnum and he was in kind of this world where art only existed for those who were the elite of society and i won't spoil the movie for you but it's been out for a while so you really shouldn't be upset if it gets spoiled for you um he he brings this performance and this art to the everyman therein leveling the playing field of art before the wealthy the elite and the everyday folk exactly and and so while it looks a little bit different today that sparks recognition 
as Zach was telling me about this earlier, it, it sparked a lot of recognition in my experience with um, just uh, art that is present today, right? So we don't really go to circuses, obviously, but uh, but we're we're confronted with art pretty frequently, whether it's in a museum or you know in the news. <laughs> the one that comes to mind is that ridiculous painting that was like sold at an auction, and it had like a shredder built into itself, so that as soon as it sold, it started like shredding itself, and everybody freaked out. But it was like this very high end, you know, very like oats uh, art piece and, and and it's a perfect example of like you know this whole cu art, culture of art that is completely inaccessible to the normal person you see this thing and and you're like this is 12 million dollars apparently and and i and i and i don't get it that's what everybody says i don't get it yeah and there's even more of a problem like there, to me it's twofold you have this world of art that isn't accessible even if you wanted to get access to it yeah. there's this world of art where just plainly you don't get to it unless you are stupid wealthy like th that piece of art exists, um, which which we can we can talk about how much I hate that. Um, but there's this whole other flavor of art where it's it's not that it's not available to the everyday person, but it's that the everyday person doesn't feel welcomed. Or maybe if they are being welcomed, they or don't qualified. or qualified, or they don't. They feel like they don't understand, or they can't approach it, or they can't speak on it, or they can't have feelings about it. And because in a lot of ways, the art community has shunned them as like, oh, you're not sophisticated in the, you're not versed in art. Like that's why, oh, in a lot of ways, I've struggled to call myself an artist. Like Andre asked me this question kind of before, so he's like, would you? Would you call yourself, uh, I think you said, would you call yourself an artist? And I said, yeah, I would. But if I'm thinking about it, like I would sooner call myself a musician because I feel like calling myself an artist like puts me, like brands me in a way that I'm not certified to be branded. But in reality, that's nonsense. That's bogus. It yeah. is bogus. And, and on the second point, there's a few different levels of that. Like when you, when, when Zach talks about people not feeling qualified or, or not, you know, unwelcome to certain spheres of art. I think there's different levels of that. So, you know, Zach mentioned sometimes in a museum, you know, looking at what we would call classical art. Uh, and, and he's not alone and feeling like a lot of people feel like that's unaccessible. Whereas to me, like I, so I am an artist. I do a lot of visual art. I feel very comfortable in, in art museums. And part of it is because I'm looking at it kind of technically like, oh, I've tried to paint trees too. How did they do that? Like, <laughs> how did they make that tree look so good? And, and that sort of thing. And but but then there are other areas of art where I don't feel qualified too. So I like I'm at a different level. So you know, I walk into like a modern art museum or whatever and and it's and and, and I'm the one saying I don't get it. This is ridiculous. And so or even another example, I think the way you and I look at music is super different. Yeah. Like we were actually just talking about it right before we started. And I was like I have no idea who that person is. Um like I I would say like as a musician, I have the ability to listen to a song and observe it, take it in, um, and evaluate isn't the right word, but process it kind of objectively in a way, which is weird when talking about art. But I, it feels like I can make determinations about something that I'm truthfully not interested in, like uh, like super technical music or classical music or jazz or even a lot of blues. Like That just isn't really my go-to, but I can listen to it, process it, and and learn from it and take all these things in 
on the basis of the art that it is because it's a world that I live in. Um, whereas if you listen to something that isn't that isn't your vibe, you're just not gonna. It's like I I don't know. Like was that was that good? Was Way that less bad? able to appreciate. I have no yeah. idea. Like you you could listen to to BB King or some random dude at a at a bar, and you would never necessarily know because you would never know that BB King would was the greatest. Rest in peace, BB King was the greatest ever to do it. Um, but you wouldn't know because you, you know you're not. It's not a world you live in. So. There is there there's that very kind of we have to do something about that because I, I think that's a problem and I think we think there is a solution right but we gotta you know we right. gotta get and, there and and to put one more layer on that before we move on is so it, many layers we're like <laughs> onions up in here <laughs> it, it, you know I, being an artist creating a, a fair amount of artwork and getting it out there putting it in front of people I I even have friends who don't really engage me on my art because and, and I think it's because they don't feel qualified even with me like. Uh, you know, with with they know the person who made it. Like if if that's as safe a space as any for you to, you know, acknowledge. Oh, I don't really, I I I'm not like an art person. I don't really know what to say. And and maybe, and I guess this is a good segue into you know what do we do about that, right? And and I think it's all about the the environment that we provide. So in that situation, if I am a, a more inviting presence when it comes and maybe it's a little bit hairy when it comes to my own art like i don't feel maybe i feel like that's self-promoting a little too much to like <laughs> you know talk to other people like oh so what, what do you think about you know this or whatever have you uh, checked me out on instagram yeah <laughs> yeah right under nelson art huh? um uh but but maybe that's a responsibility i have to say like you know what do you what do you think about this? Let's talk about this and and help help people to engage with art in a way that they haven't before, and just like kind of take those baby steps. Because I think so. <clears throat> uh, an equivalent of this that came to mind is uh, a friend of mine who shares my interest in wine was talking about um, how wine is kind of an esoteric thing as well, and, and that just means like kind of uh, elitist in a way, and, and kind of exclusive, lofty, lofty yeah, lofty and exclusive club almost and and i think everybody can can acknowledge how the wine community if you will has that reputation without a doubt right and so and so but he was making the distinction between um people who kind of represent that wine community somehow sometimes they can be really intimidating when it comes to introducing other people and using a lot of words and a lot of tasting words and a lot of techniques and things like that that actually just push people farther away and make them feel even less qualified to even be there and be engaging or 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 there's people and this is these are the ones that I would support who say what do you like about this wine is this wine good do you taste this or that and and to be like really welcoming and gentle about it i think that 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 that's the difference in people who are who are helping or hurting other people's ability to enter into a space that they otherwise feel disqualified from right now yeah so um, I think now is where we want to make a couple of parallels here um, because this translates really well, right? Andre and I, a big reason why we love art is we think it it tells a story of something in a way that other things can't. And and in this particular case, this isn't necessarily art that has the ability to do this, but it's it's a nice anecdote um, in a way that on in a nice way that Andre and I can uh, rip a few artists out there who are guilty of this, but. Kind of one analogy to this rests in the mission of what we do on this podcast, right? 
there's a reason we called ourselves theology of plain men. Theology is a word that has been anything other than plain, right? If you heard theology by nature feels like it's this huge, lofty thing you can't approach. Like You have to have a PhD in something. Right. Yeah, I can't think about predestination. I can't think about justice. I can't think about homosexuality or abortion or race. I can't think about these concepts because I don't have a PhD. I'm not qualified. I haven't read nearly enough books. I haven't read nearly enough books and commentaries and and I haven't read enough translations of scripture. I don't know Greek. I can't approach these concepts. But our I we take serious issue with that because as a b- believer as you mature, I think there is a biblical call to pursue those concepts. And and at TPM that's a we. We think there's a biblical call to pursue higher concepts about God beyond the solid milk that that Paul offered the first time that he spoke the gospel the solid milk that is simple doctrine there is there's solid food the solid did I say solid milk twice oh yeah I did I said I was it really hoping you wouldn't catch it and we could make fun of you later ah uh, oh well, you can well, make fun of me now can. <laughs> <laughs> you can make fun. solid milk if it's solid milk it's gone bad um <laughs> So there, there was milk of doctrine that was fed to the early believers. That was the simple doctrine. And then there was the solid food to come later. That For the mature, as you learned more, there were these more complex doctrines. And that's what this is, right? They're the everyday person, theology is accessible to you, and it ought to be. And that hopefully that's what we do here. We want to so bad. I really hope we are. I think in some ways we do. We're not perfect, of course, but um, man, that is our that is our mission because we care about it. I care a ton about theology. And I think mature Christians, t- too many places, mature Christians just don't care about theology enough. And I think that's it's a big problem in the church, and I, I think it can lead to heresy. It can lead to church leaders that are unchecked, because if you if you just go about thinking, oh, the, these people who are more qualified than me, I, I'm going to trust them at face value because I don't have a right to think about those concepts. Man, that is a slippery slope is a logical fallacy. I, I get it, but that can go wrong so many ways so fast. If if you're an attender of a church and you don't feel like you can confront your church leaders on the basis of doctrine and theology and have a discussion, that's a problem. And there's so much power in the idea of self-validation of topics and claims, right? There's so much, you know, I, I work in the in the kind of biological science community, and, and not only that, but a lot of science communities are fundamentally based on the fact that Claims that are made can be replicated and backed up by another person that doesn't have the same, you know, background as you or biases. Yeah, or biases, yeah. and so and so the same thing applies. That's why I I, I agree, would agree that it's so important for plain people to engage theology is so that for the same reason the claims that are made by the uh, the elitists, if you will, of that realm, the theologians and the and the you know church professionals. Uh, is is to to back those up and to validate those claims um, for oneself because you are ultimately responsible for what you're believing and, and and then to just buy into something that you're hearing is not is not a responsible thing to do so so yeah that's a great that's a really really good parallel to um, to this topic and uh, there's one more now I said there's a couple parallels there's one more deeper parallel here. 
that that ultimately is more important than the Sunday school answer. But there is a parallel here to to the gospel and a big, big parallel to the gospel, right? What the gospel does um, is it levels the playing field. There is no there is no elitism before the cross. It doesn't exist because nothing we can do you can be the best at this the best at this you could be the pharisees were the best objectively by any objective measure that you could you could gather the pharisees had they they were the best and paul writes about this by like when he talks about how he could boast about himself right he talks about like if you think you had any measure to boast i have more Right. Like I was so good. I knew the scriptures so well, N- not new. He, I know the scriptures so well, uh, morally with my actions, I was, I was without blemish, but he, he still admits that he still, he still couldn't do it. Christ still had to carry him into salvation on his own shoulders. Right. So that's, that's there's this huge parallel here that the Jesus just wipes away this idea of religious elitism that was rampant and and a lot of, it still is rampant right there's still there's still a problem of religious elitism but the gospel wipes away the idea of elitism yeah that's i, I mean obviously that's the most important analogy here so i'm glad that we got there um so i think in in an uh, you know in the spirit of closing here, my challenge to people would be to identify who you are in this conversation. Are you are you the person who has, has happened to find themselves in the art sphere? That you are in a position, like me, I would say, where you can welcome somebody else into that and to break down the wall, the wall of elitism, opening, opening the joy of artwork to more people. Um, or are you on the outside? Do you find yourself on the outside? Um, and needing to t- take the leap of faith that is um, that is acknowledging that it, it doesn't need to be this elitist thing like that you know I, I tell people this all the time you know it's it's art, what do you like about it it's like the guy it's like the wine guy what what do you like about this wine I just you know what do you like about this painting do you do you like opening your eyes in front of it yeah <laughs> uh, you know, it can be as simple as that. Like, there's a very utilitarian element of artwork that it just looks good on the wall. So, so wherever you need to start, start there. But I think that there's a place for all of us to um, respond to this in a in a helpful way. And uh, to to the artists out there who are going to engage people, when you say, "What do you like about this?" You need to be okay with that person saying, "Honestly, I don't." Like I, yeah. I don't like yeah. it. Like this, that's the thing with me. Like I don't like all music. In fact, my my preference of music is awfully simplistic. Like most of the musicians I'm big fans of aren't much better musicians than I am. In all honesty, um, but that's that's what my go to is. That's that's my that's really what what gets me going. Um, so I I do think that as the artist, you you need to be. You need to be okay with that, and you need to be all right having conversations with people about what do you like, what don't you like about this, what do you like about this, and let's let's keep going down the rabbit hole, you know? Right, completely. Um, 
Man, that's good. These art hours are good, Zach. I'm glad that I, we do this. And, and yeah, if if you don't like this part of the TPM podcast, <laughs> you can blame every other member. That, and tell you what, you can skip them. Yeah, you you can too. That's the power of the internet. So I think we're we're I think we're pretty much you know we're wrapping up here. I'm gonna close with the quote from the movie. Um, <laughs> that it, so the the quote pops up. It's a quote from P.C. Barnum. Real quote, and it says, "The noblest art is that." Of making others happy, so that that was his goal when when he pursued art. He pursued performance. He said, "the the most elite art I can make, in a, is the one that levels the playing field. Is the one that brings joy." And he says similar things at other points uh, throughout the movie, which I presume are mostly made up quotes. Um, but but is that one a real quote? That that he one is a real that? quote. Uh, documented as a real quote. Yeah, I right, honestly, right. you got to trust someone. I guess I'll trust the makers of that movie. <laughs> um, but if if you are the to the artist, th- this is what I'm going to leave with. And then I'm, I'm going to stop talking. Let Andre wrap up the podcast because he's better at it. To the artist, get off your high horse, right? You you are not sorry. You are not special, right? You're different. That's that. Right? We're all <laughs> God. God gifted us uniquely and differently. You're not better, right? You're not high above, right? Because you quote get the the art because you get it. No, like that that isn't the point. Like the point of art is to display something of beauty that is you the way we perceive it is gray and it's unique to how it hits us at a particular point in time. That's why art does something that, that prose and, and plain vernacular can't do because those things can't connect with people uniquely and differently because they're objectively one way that it's an equation otherwise. And that's why art's unique. So get off your high horse and bring people in, have conversations and be willing to humble yourself and be okay with people not liking your art one and not not necessarily understanding it the same way you do right off the bat yeah maybe that's why none of my friends talk to me about my art is well i actually i didn't say that but that's why some of those friends don't talk to me about my art is because they don't like it (laughs) that could very well that could very well be my issue now uh this has been a good conversation about art and elitism if you have if you have ways you want to expose us to art you should tell us uh we're we're on that side of the coin as well we may be self-proclaimed artists but uh we have a lot to learn so we hope this has been edifying it has certainly been a session of verbal processing for us but we will talk to you later